You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Vikings vent line every weekend right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Declan Goff here to take you through another season uh, edition of off-season uh, Vikings vent line where I like to bring on Vikings guests uh, to talk about the off-season, talk about the upcoming season, draft, plenty of topics to get to. Uh, we'll do a little schedule picking here. Or at least, we'll, at least maybe not schedule picking, but we'll at least look at the win totals uh, that a couple Vikings fans in Zach and Phil. No, it's not Phil Mackey. Will be uh, joining me shortly here on Vikings Vent Line. Uh, we do this show after every Vikings game during the regular season, uh, and of course during the off season, I like to talk to as many Vikings fans as possible. Uh, shoot me a note. It's VikingsVentLine at gmail.com if you want to come in on a future episode of Vikings Vent Line. It's VikingsVentLine at gmail.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Aquaside. Aquaside is a great product for you to help remove that nasty lake weed and algae. Go to Aquaside.com. They'll help you actually diagnose what the heck's in that uh, pond or lake, whatever you got going on there. Aquaside pellets help you take care of that. That's Aquaside.com to go ahead and learn more. And our friends, of course, at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. You can go to GolfTheMeadows.com if you want to secure a tea time. It's beautiful out. It's 90 degrees. That's what I like to golf in. Uh, go to GolfTheMeadows.com to book that tea time. They got great carts. They have a great Meadows Bar and Grill patio situation. Go check out Meadows Bar and Grill and GolfTheMeadows.com to book that tea time. All right, Vikings vent line rolling on here on Purple Daily like we do every single week. So let's get our guys in here. Let's get Zach. Let's get Phil in. Uh, Zach, Phil, last-minute guests, last-minute additions here. You guys are the Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs Minneapolis miracle situation you got here. This is uh, – I forget what the actual play call was. It was like 7th heaven or something. I know it was something corny. Yeah. But, Buffalo, uh, you, right, 7th heaven. Yeah, you yeah. guys are, yeah. are the Minneapolis miracle play. So shout-out to you guys for making Vikings vent line uh, happen here a little bit. Uh, Zach, you've been on wild vent line. You've been on write that down. Uh, now you're on Vikings vent line. I feel like, you know, you're kind of getting all the, you're like, you're joining the founders club. Like on Saturday night live, you got the special jacket. You're kind of like been on all the fan friendly shows. So welcome to Vikings vent line, dude. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Happy to be here. Talk some Vikings in this time of off season. 
Absolutely. And Phil, have you been on Ventline before? No, like I said, man, I'm not, I'm between jobs right now. So this is the, uh, this Hell is yeah. my chance to, to get in and uh, contribute to the content a little bit. Hey, a little fun employment. I, I mean, it's never fun, obviously, when you when you're when you're looking for a job or maybe you get laid off from a job. But at the same time, fun employment, man. That I've, I've been on some fun employments. You, you, you yeah. got a lot of thoughts brewing there, so I know you probably got some thoughts on the Vikings schedule too and Vikings off season. So uh, we'll get right down to it. All right, boys. So Vikings won 13 games last year. Uh, now they get a first place schedule, so a lot tougher opponents to a degree. They have one less home game. They have more games on the road this year too. Uh, I think a lot of national outlets kind of peg the Vikings as regression will be coming to them, given the fact they got they lost to the Giants and they won a lot of close games and the point differential. Plenty of outside obstacles are working against the Vikings. However, I like to hear what Vikings fans want to uh, have their win total at for this next season. So, Zach, I'm going to start with you, man. How many wins for the Vikings in 2023? So I have them at 11 and 6. I think... Okay. I just don't see how they get that much worse. I think the offense is going to be better. I think they're going to be more consistent. I don't think there's going to be those times where they don't score for the first three quarters of the game and then turn it on in the fourth quarter. I think another year in the system will help out. I just and I don't think I don't see the defense being any worse. So I don't really see it. I mean, I get it's a tougher schedule, but I think eleven and six is where I have them. With it's weird. It's kind of weird too, like how sometimes with the point differentials and people saying all oh, their fluke wins and whatnot, you know, 11 and six might be technically obviously worse than 13, and four, but there might be a perception of the team that looks a lot different, right? If the defense is fixed and to your point, the lulls and scoring aren't happen happening on offense where they're, they're scoring on the opening drives and they go another quarter and a half without scoring a touchdown. I, I feel like there's other ways to still have maybe a quote unquote worse record but have a perception that you're actually a better team than you were the previous year too. Yeah. And I have them five and one in the division. Five and one. Okay. Losing one to the Lions. Are you uh, not buying the Jordan Love hype in uh, in Green Bay? Are you you wishing disdain kind of like I am with Packer fans that that they just stink and they don't have a quarterback for a little bit? My entire life they've had a Hall of Fame (laughs) quarterback. So, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I, I just want them to experience that for, Hey, who the hell is your quarter? Who's the hell is your quarterback going to be short term and long term? Welcome to like basically twenty plus years of my life. I'm thirty years old, but at the same time, it's mostly been uncertainty. Uh, Phil, how about you, man? Uh, what do you have the Vikings pegged at from a win side in 2023? I I kind of struggle with this question a little bit. Um, I'm going with ten and seven. I I don't. One thing that I'm a little concerned with is um, I'm a, I'm a little concerned that we think that Brian Flores is going to come in and just magically fix this defense and this defense has lost a couple of key people. Um, obviously Eric Hendricks, um, Zadarius was obviously a huge contributor for the first half of the season, obviously tailed off. Um, I just, I, I think we're going to score points. I think I was talking to somebody about this this morning. It's going to be a lot like the Denny years where we scored a lot of points, but we gave up a lot of points too. Um, so I don't necessarily see this team I don't see this team making as big of a defensive leap as they did from like 2013 to 2014 when Zimmer came over. Cause I think Zimmer was working with a lot younger group or a lot younger group of guys. Um, but with that being said, I mean, this team is going to score a lot of points. Um, the NFC is, is very weak. The same person I was talking with this morning, it's like there's Philly and San Francisco and honestly, who else? So yeah, we have to play a first place schedule, but 
you know, even with Rogers leaving for the AFC, I think there's going to be a decent amount of opportunity to pick up some good wins. Um, I think Zach, did you say one loss against Detroit? I yeah. think, yeah, I, I can see that happening too. Um, but I, I'm like, yeah, five and one in the division, but, um, is definitely something that I can see him happening, but I just get concerned that we think that the defense is going to suddenly, I, I'm not saying it's going to get worse, but I don't think Brian Flores is going to come in and just like, magically fix it i think that there's definitely still going to be some hiccups and sometimes where the, they get the ball back with you know the opposing team gets the ball back with the buck 40 on the clock and oh yeah, i mean we only need like an 18th overall defense that's all we need yeah yeah but i mean it's great to have justin jefferson i mean it's obviously you know we'll see i think madison's gonna do fine if because it doesn't sound like cook's coming back so team's definitely gonna score points but they're gonna give up some points too which players on uh, – let's go to that defensive side of the ball here really quick. Um, so Brian Flores is inheriting a defense that had a lot of rookies that did not play last year or that or couldn't stay on the field. Now same thing. They got a new incoming class that are a fresh crop of, of rookies. Are there any players that you're excited to see Brian Flores work with, Zach? Like is, it, is there rookies or even veterans that you want to see him kind of sink his teeth into and maybe get to a next level and see if these guys are legit NFL players? I'm excited to see Harry blitzing. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited for. I know that he was probably so upset last year that he couldn't blitz just because that's what he's so good at. So I hope we see him blitz a lot. Yeah, I, I, you know, he, like, just stopped blitzing last season for whatever reason. I, I guess I somewhat understand it if uh, if these cornerbacks were going to be raw and exposed. So they had to have a, a, a great veteran safety in the backfield there. But, I mean, that dude can still lay the wood. He's certainly not as fast as he used to be. Uh, but you got to deploy that guy strategically. And something I believe Brian Flores also did in Miami, at least, was he sent a lot of safety blitzes out there. He sent a lot of quarterback yeah. blitzes. So he got creative and not just, you know, your edges or your linebackers. He got creative with cornerbacks and safeties, and he sent them after the QB a lot. And to your point, 18th, like, can the Vikings defense just be above passing? Can they be really good at getting after the quarterback? Can they be, you know, sound in the red zone? There's a few areas, at least, I think, that are obtainable you know, to, to Phil's point that it it might not just blossom and become all of a sudden a really good defense overnight because there's a lot of unproven assets there. Uh, but I, I think having someone like Brian Flores is certainly going to help a lot. Uh, Phil, how about you, dude? Do you, have, do you have anyone on that defensive side of the ball you're excited to watch this year? Um, definitely Harrison. I, I, I mean, I've got the Harrison Smith jersey on, so I've, I've loved Harrison Smith since he came here 10, 11 years ago. But um, so that'll be fun. Um, and Lewis Steen will be interesting too. Um, coming off injury, I think Zach, to your point, if, if, if Harrison can do what he's done so well, which is blitz and, and be sort of disguised coverage, like he's been so good at, I think that opens up a really good opportunity for Lewis scene. I think we've seen safeties that have had to play next to Harrison Smith historically, like Anthony Harris, Anderson Deho. Um, oh my gosh, I can't forget. I forget the person that was before Sendejo. Um, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but they've always been an above average safety with Harrison Smith. So I think if we can get a couple more good years out of Harrison Smith, I think that'll be really good for Lewis scene as well too. So I'm excited to see what Flores can do with, with him and, and, and see if there can be some sort of, some sort of magic work there. And he's had a full season to recover and focus on his being in shape and obviously being healthy. And I think that's only going to help him quite honestly. Yeah, even like Anthony Harris, right? I mean, that, that might be the guy you, you potentially were thinking of yeah. where he just becomes an all-pro because he's playing next to Harrison yeah. Smith. Yeah, he had a, yeah. a ton of Anthony interceptions. Harris. And yeah. 
Like, like where did that guy come from? He comes from a seventh round pick and all of a sudden turns into a, a second team, all pro and a pro bowler yeah. basically overnight and has one magical season. Um, yeah. Playing the next side uh, alongside a guy like Harry is, is uh, going to make life a lot easier. Uh, transitioning boys. I want to know, cause we kind of talk, we've been ranking Vikings players on purple daily the last week or so. Uh, I'm going to do a list for next week too, but I kind of want to know your three most underrated or maybe underappreciated Vikings. Cause obviously if I ask you, who's your favorite Viking, you're probably going to say Harris. Um, you're probably going to say Justin Jefferson for sure. But I'm curious uh, if you guys list may be different, if they intertwine, no biggie either, but Zach, who are three Vikings players that you find underrated for this season? So I have Jalen Naylor, Harrison Phillips, and Cam Bynum. And those are good ones. I so love those ones. The reason I put Jalen Naylor is because I think he just hasn't got the opportunity, but I think he has pretty good talent. And I'm not sure if he will get the opportunity now that we have Addison and KJ and all that, but I think he can be good if he gets the opportunity. And then I want to touch on Cam Bynum quick. I feel like a lot of people have said that he's not as, like, people rip on him sometimes, but he was a fourth-round pick. Like, I feel like he's done pretty good filling in that spot for a fourth-round pick over the last couple of seasons. So I feel like he goes underrated on the defense sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you have a similar vote there with just, we were talking about with Ann Harris, like Cam Bynum steps in and is able to play really well because he's playing next to Harrison Smith, but also he's a pretty good football player too, right? I mean, I think people were a little upset that he got the nod over Lewis Seen in training camp last year, and you wanted to see your first round pick make the initial impact. And I'm sure even it's probably going to be a similar boat next season or this coming season where you have Lewis Seen and maybe Bynum are splitting snaps or maybe there's personnel packages I one of them is coming in and out or hell. Maybe they're all on the field together, right? I want to see Cam Bynum play slot is what I want to see. I think he can play slot. Yeah, he came up as a cornerback too, didn't he? He was drafted as a cornerback, kind of converted into a safety. So he's like this Swiss army knife that Brian Flores basically has in his back pocket. Um, And Jalen Naylor, yeah. uh, If if KJ Osborne either, if one of these guys suffers an injury or maybe um, Jalen Naylor starts outperforming someone like KJ, he might be someone that's a legit number three wide receiver, just like basically KJ Osborne has kind of turned into it too. So you saw at the end of last season, um, him turning into a pretty good player. Uh, at least I know it was in garbage time against the bears, but still promising. Nonetheless, uh, he has a good shot at making the roster of course. And we'll certainly see if maybe he cracks the field a little bit more and becomes one of Kirk's uh, favorite targets for 2023. Uh, Phil, how about you, man? Any, uh, any other else on that list of the three underrated Vikings players that maybe Zach didn't mention? Yeah, I, I, I wrote down, the first one that came to mind was Christian Derrissaw. And the reason I say that is I just, it's not a super fun position being left tackle, but he's still the number two, according to Pro Football Focus, the number two rated left tackle in the league behind Trent Williams, who's, you know, all world left tackle, right? So I think, especially for Vikings fans, knowing how much we've suffered on the offensive line for so long, I wish that he got a little bit more attention especially being a left tackle because it's such an important position. And I feel like the last time we had a really solid left tackle was Matt Khalil's rookie year. And that was almost 10 years ago. So I feel like, and he's still on a rookie deal too. So when we talk about salary cap implications, like we can, we don't have him on a 10, $15 million a year deal. So he's one of them. Um, I also think he's new, but I also think that we're forgetting about, I think that, I know I talked about how Brian Flores isn't going to work magic, but I'm also excited to see what he does with Marcus Davenport. Um, mm-hmm. I think that coming off of an, you know, coming off of a season where he was injured, it'll be really fun to see how he is able to fit into the mix. And I'm really, I think that's the biggest question mark on defense too, is, is our linebacking core. So I think that 
Marcus Davenport has a really good opportunity to step up and be a really key player there for us. Um, and then the third one I wrote down was somebody I already mentioned before. I think we forget about Lewis Seen just because he came off of that horrific injury in London. And I think that we just forget that we all, in addition to Cam Bynum, like Zach said, we have him in addition. So it's, I think it'll be fun to see him. I think safety is historically one of those positions that's a little easier to adapt to from college to the NFL versus having to play strictly uh, corner. So I'm excited to see, and especially because this is, um, this is, Lewis Seen is a Georgia kid, right? So like Georgia defensive, yeah, starting Georgia defensive player. Like we've seen what Philadelphia is doing with Georgia players. Um, I think that that's going to be really fun to see. And I think that he's going to do, he's going to do really well. And I think we forget about him a little bit too much because, you know, he can't have that horrific injury. Yeah. Christian Dersa on the first guy on your list, it, it's left tackle. It's an incredibly important position. It doesn't have any statistics next to it. So people kind of sleep on it a little bit in today's fantasy football realm, but having the second best left tackle in the NFL, like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anyone realizes that in the, yeah. around, around the league, unless you're watching Vikings football every Sunday. And I feel like he also, you know, he got off to such a slow start. He'd be like, got in Zimmer's doghouse right away because he was like still banged up and injured. And then he got in in 2021 as a rookie, and he looked fine, but, you know, certainly not a world beater. And then last year took a step forward to the point where, yeah, he became legitimately one of the best left tackles in the entire NFL, and no one really seems to be talking about it. So, yeah, he's going to be in line for a huge payday. And, yeah, with him and O'Neal, you got two basically pillar tackles there. I'm a little worried about Brian O'Neill. Like an Achilles is with, with a, with a big man like that. I don't think it's just like, ah, it wasn't a full tear. So he'll be fine. It's like, man, there's one way to chop down a big tree and it's, it's taken out as Achilles basically. So <laughs> a little worried about that one, but um, we'll see how he performs in, in training camp and, and whatnot. Um, but those are, yeah, those are all really good players. I think Lewis seems the one that has probably the most potential to grow because he probably has the opportunity on the depth chart opportunity to play the most mm-hmm. um, like those players. And to your point about Davenport, a lot of pressures, not a lot of sacks. You know, some people at times I think it's just so obsessed with sack totals that, hey, he still does a lot of other good things. And he's a couple seasons removed from even having a lot of sacks. So mm-hmm. he's basically like this Daniil Hunter insurance policy and or, you know, the replacement for Zadarius Smith. So there's a lot of good upside there. And and if those two and Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport kind of turn in the same tandem that Zadarius and Daniil were at least in the first half of the season, well, you'll feel pretty good about that defense, at least getting after uh, the quarterback. Uh, Fellas, one more question I have for you here, but by the way, it's presented by our friends at three Jack here in the North loop. If you're in the twin cities, go to three Jack.com. Great golf simulators. Uh, They got great burgers of the week. Go check them out and go to three Jack.com. One of the best patio spots in town. Go enjoy it before a twins game. If you want to go to three Jack.com to book that simulator and also uh, to go check out those weekly specials on how to join simulator leagues too. So go to three Jack.com in the North loop. Uh, fellas, favorite Viking of all time. So I, I came in as a Vikings fan in 2000. Uh, that's like the first conscious season I really remember uh, as a Vikings fan. Of course, it ends at 41 Donuts. But uh, Dante Culpepper for me is always like my favorite Viking. Um, I know that's been like a hot debate on Twitter over the last week and a half. It's cooled off a little bit. But the Kirk and uh, Dante comparisons, for whatever reason, get thrown out there every once in a while. Uh, but for me, it's Dante. I'm curious to hear your guys. Uh, Zach, who is your favorite Viking of all time? So I know this is a very boring answer, but I just I have to say Adrian Peterson just because 2007, 2008 is right when I started paying attention the most and like actually watching all the games with my dad and stuff and just watching how explosive he was was just very entertaining. 
And I also met him at the Dino Lifetime when I was like 10 and he almost broke my hand when he shook my hand. Oh, nice. You got the classic, uh, classic comment there. You, you shook his hand and you felt like your hand was going to break. Yeah, I it's true. It. it is very true. Yeah, no, that guy's got some huge mitts. You know, I, I feel like the AP stuff, because it's controversial, because he had some off-the-field incidents for sure, but he was basically like the Randy Moss for a generation of Vikings fans like you that didn't get to see Randy Moss in their prime or didn't get to see rookie Randy Moss, like rookie Randy Moss and rookie Adrian Peterson. Very similar. I, I, I know that Moss changed, probably had more impact on changing how we look at the wide receiver position than what AP did. But I feel like AP was really, yeah, the last superstar can't miss running back. And he was doing things that as the league was beginning to change and phase out, he was still able to to carry the team on its back. I mean, for God's sakes, he ran for 2,000 yards coming off an ACL tear and was the entire Vikings offense that made the playoffs in, in 2012. So, yeah, I, I, I know it might be boring to some, and but I, I think it's sometimes misunderstood how big of an impact he had on a, on a whole generation of Vikings fans. Phil, how about you, man? Who's, uh, who's the favorite Viking of all time in your book? Chris Carter. Um, even though I didn't get to watch Chris Carter play a ton, cause I, I became a Vikings fan probably right around the same time you did Declan. So right towards the end of Chris Carter's career. But the reason I say that is because I have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for people like who just like stick it out with their career. And granted, I know that he had the, the years in Miami at the end there, but he started with a different team too. But like Chris Carter is like historically known for being a Viking and what I think is, is I think I have a soft spot in my heart for it because he grew up kind of in the shadow of Jerry Rice and, and they were obviously winning championships yeah. with him, but also too, then he had to deal with Randy Moss coming into the league and, and having to not necessarily play in the shadow of that, but, you know, being part of that one, two punch. So, and I think from what I've read about Chris Carter and from what I've read about what, how he played and like how he was like if there's one person you want on third and seven and you need an out route, you need somebody to catch the ball. It's not Randy Moss. It's Chris Carter. And I think that that's just like a cool thing to have attached to you as a hall of famer and as a receiver. And and that's, that's who I would, that's who I would. And I also enjoyed his commentary when he got into commentary and stuff too. So I always enjoyed his takes and everything. So Chris Carter is probably my favorite or favorite Viking of all time. He's uh he's the ultimate possession receiver to your point. Like he's not, not flashy like um like the Jerry Rice's, like the Randy Mosses, et cetera. Not even Michael Irvin a connection blip there, my bad guys. Yeah. Um but but at the same time he still ended up being a, a very uh very productive player. And yeah, a lot of Vikings fans know certainly know who he is. Uh though yeah, all good lists. Like those ones a lot. Uh before we wrap up here, uh um Zach, do you have any uh, last takes, any last shout outs you want to give here on Vikings Bentley? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just excited to see how well they do. It's an exciting season. Yeah, I'm excited for it too, man. It's been a long time coming here. Uh, Phil, how about you, dude? Do you have any uh, last takes or shout outs you want to give here on Bentline? Yeah, um, real quick shout out to my my old boss and slash mentor, Pat O'Rourke, for talking Vikings this morning and prepping me for this last minute conversation. Uh, so shout out to him and uh, shout out to my family for putting up with me every Sunday between noon and three or three and six, or if we're lucky Monday nights between seven and 10. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's who I would shout out. Appreciate it guys. Great show. Great takes. Love the underrated list there. I mean, those were all different players. Um, and if anyone wants to also come on a future edition of Vikings Ventline, shoot me a note. It's Vikings at gmail.com. would love to hear from as many Vikings fans as possible. 
Uh, again, that's VikingsVentLine at gmail.com. Mackie and Judd also back later this weekend. Plus, we'll be back at full strength. We got plenty of mini camp stuff that will be coming up or OTAs wrap up, then mini camp. So, never sleeps, even in the offseason in the NFL. Uh, we'll be right here with you on Purple Daily. Uh, hit that subscribe button. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.